how can we increase the chances that our audience will truly get what we mean? With clarity. I'm Daphna. Welcome to Let's Clarify It, where we'll explore how to communicate our innovative ideas in ways that lead to the results and impact we set out to achieve. Every day we encounter so many opportunities for meaningful exchanges. Let's make the most of them by being perfectly clear. What's important for growing your tech startup to its first million and beyond? You'll want to be sure to lay the foundations correctly, says Nadav Kedal, startup entrepreneur and tech advisor who has founded businesses and helped investors invest in others. As director of the Founders Institute Israel branch and CMO of the Million Business Club, Nadav has acquired significant international commercial expertise having built firms from the bottom up, from concept to market, sales, and beyond. What Nadav sees time and again is the importance of clarity as the end result of your process, crucial both for building your startup and for marketing it. Once you've clearly defined and built your brand, content, infrastructure, and system, then you can build a strong marketing campaign upon that solid foundation. Join us for episode 26 of Let's Clarify It, in which Nadav shares what he finds motivational speaker Eric Thomas and entrepreneur Gary Vee have in common, despite their distinct styles. In what way does the FDA practically encourage analogies as shortcuts? And what are the implications for tech entrepreneurs as people largely only skim headlines anymore? Curious? Let's clarify it. Good morning, Nadav. How are you? Hey, hey, good morning. How are you, Daphna? Good. Great to see you. And I hope that we can actually meet in person soon. Here we are in the midst of another wave that's keeping us home, but I'm glad that at least the technology enables us to meet in this way. Soon we will all have the coronavirus inside us and everything will be okay. That's the, <laughs> that's the strategy, no? <laughs> you think? Is that, is that a strategy for everybody to just have it? Look so, look so. <laughs> it does look that way. Nadav, for anybody who would try to introduce themselves to you on LinkedIn, they would find all kinds of really cool terminology from the entrepreneurship world right there on your profile. For example, you use slogans like marketing done right. What makes marketing done right? What would be one of the first things that come to your mind if you were going to be giving tips to people like our listeners, entrepreneurs, researchpreneurs, people seeking to share their messages broadly with their appropriate audiences? What would be maybe the first thing that comes to your mind as an experienced professional in the field? What's something that they really need to keep top of mind if they want to do their marketing right? What I'm going to say is it's true to marketing and it's true to how you build your startup and how you build and, and and from that how you approach an investor and and it, it's really let's call it a global truth which is build your foundations right when you have an established brand or when you establish it in the right way and when you build everything you build your content you build your uh, infrastructure right you build your system right that in place when, when you put a campaign, let's say, on top of that, the campaign will work 
But when you try to do the opposite, try to, let's say, put a campaign and put all your stakes on that, that works less, let's call it. That makes sense. Who are your key target audiences yourself? Today, I have two audiences. One is a small, medium businesses that are in distress. So that's one. And two, which is my like classic audience, is tech startups in the A round stage and beyond. Also, seed. I ran the Israeli chapter of Founder Institute. So I have a lot of experience with the startup side, also as a founder myself. So, yeah, those are the two. If someone's not familiar, what is the Founder Institute? Founder Institute is the largest uh, accelerator for pre seed stage in the world with a portfolio of companies, of alumni companies of above $30 billion. Today, more than 5,000 uh, companies have graduated FI globally. Really big accelerator all across the world. I was one of the founders of the Israeli chapter. Very cool. I have no doubt that you use clarity of communication as one of your secret weapons all the time. But can you think of a time when you were hoping that you were understood, but in fact you weren't? Can you think of an example of a time when you actually were misunderstood despite your best efforts? I think that with being an entrepreneur and uh, evolved with uh, businesses, it's something that happens all the time. It's part of the entrepreneurial journey. The journey is, you can say, the convergence of misunderstanding to a state of understanding. I think it's really central in that. To be specific, I mean, I remember an example where I was uh, working with an incubator. It's not that I was misunderstood, but I'll give an example from an incubator that I worked with. They had really great companies inside in their portfolio and something with the funding or the ongoing funding that they wanted wasn't working. They were struggling to communicate the value of the startups inside and I help them do that and go on to the funding. So I think that clarity is so important today. And if I kind of cross mix between marketing and building startups, you have the clarity, which is important. Let's go to the end of it to pitch to the investor. Okay. And in the marketing side, it's so important in order to be heard in the middle of all this noise that we have around us, right? It's crucial on any side that you look at it. Right. And in contrast to being misunderstood, can you think of a specific time when clarity actually served you really well and you feel like one of your achievements, you can actually attribute to the fact that you succeeded in communicating your message with great clarity to that audience that was really important to you in that moment? Yeah, I mean, um, when you have clarity, then you close deals of millions. Clarity is the end result of a very clear process. When you have the understanding of the process, the clarity comes from that. And I don't think that the clarity is something that you work on. You, you work on the process, you work on the basics, on the fundamentals, on everything we talked about until now. And then from that, you know how to say, you know something if you know how to explain it to a four-year-old. So that's exactly it. When do you know how to explain it to a four-year-old? When you understand it, when you have clarity inside you, let's call it, from there, it works. So for me, when did it serve me? Every day, closing deals and negotiations globally, right? It's much beyond the uh, culture. It's something that I think 
a common denominator between cultures, the clarity. In fact, when you don't have the clarity, the deal will probably fall. Closing deals. I can also take it to my relationship with my wife. I mean, it's the same there. When you have clarity in your goals, in your where you're going in life, where not, that also creates something solid. For sure. For sure. Back to the point that you made a second ago about cultural specificity with regard to it. You've done international business. Do you find that sometimes despite your best efforts at being clear, there could be some sort of cultural aspect that gets in the way and that making assumptions, say, as Israelis doing international business in other countries, could there be misunderstandings that you thought you were being very clear, but it was misinterpreted because culturally things are done differently somewhere else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also that's something that so many deals that you work on fall off the table. Americans, for instance, really takes a strong friendship until you go into deep things beyond business. Americans many times like to keep it on the easy side of the, the conversation. While Israelis, when you have a connection with someone, for instance, you might just talk to him about deep stuff really quickly. I know it happens all the time. Americans, for instance, don't work like that. Europeans, it depends. There are countries that are like this and like this. So it very much depends. It very much depends. And you can't do business like you do in one country in another country. The difference is, it's like not something to patch up along the deal. It's something to build the deal into. It needs to be baked into it from the start. Right. Yeah. Right. So beyond mm-hmm. cultural as kind of a group orientation, I'm sure there are lots of differences on an individual basis. Can you think of some people? Do you have maybe some role models that to you are amazing communicators in the business world or in other worlds that you think of? Wow, that's somebody that we can learn from. The way that they communicate their messages are very, very clear and they serve as a great means to do business. Yeah, I think that if you take any big name on social today, you start taking apart their materials, you can see how much of the time of creating the content goes into the clarity of it. Beyond, you know, video editing and everything and all the technical side, but there's a very, very distinct essence for each and every one of them. I'll give you two examples that I like. Gary V and one that's less known in Israel, but uh, Eric Thomas. Gary V talks about like hustling and, and uh, working hard and all that and how he built it himself. Eric Thomas is more of a motivational speaker. Each of them has a style that you can really recognize. I'll even say that their form is so distinct that they have created voice branding for themselves beyond the visual branding. Beyond that, they bring like really moving content in the way that makes something really, it makes something move inside you. So those are like good examples that I can think of and you can really see the distinction there. And so any platform, it doesn't really matter if you're talking about social media or meeting someone in person, the essence of being really clear and getting across your message is common to all of those touch points. Right. As the world evolves and we have more channels. And on those channels, we have more and more uh, people to go through and more and more posts to, to be seen within. It becomes more and more difficult. Therefore, it becomes much more important to be clear and specific. Let's take an example of news, okay? In the past, like let's say in the 90s before the internet, you had like one, two newspapers on your table, physical table. And when you wanted to update, you took the table to hand. 
You didn't have your cell phone, you didn't have anything. You read much more pieces in depth. You'd read an article, that's kind of the option you had in front of you, right? But today, we just sift through the, the headlines, right? Headlines, 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 and the headline is everything. It's so different today that emphasizes the need to be clear and specific in order to get your message across or at all. And since people's attention has kind of been reduced to barely being able to take in an entire headline, <laughs> what do we do in the case of information that's really complex? I work a lot with scientists. I'm sure that some of the tech entrepreneurs that you work with have messages that are not easily explained in four simplistic words that any four-year-old can understand. And their target audiences are not four-year-olds. So it's not about whether they can explain it to four-year-olds or not. Can you think of something really complicated that you've had to help someone explain or that you've had to explain? Yeah, I'll give you a few. Quantum computing fund that approached us and needed help. So how do you explain quantum computing? And again, everyone understands how important it is. Everyone understands how big it, the potential is, but no one's talking about it in, in a simple way. Okay. Medical products, classic. When you take a medical product, you have a lot, a lot, a lot of medical words around it and jargon. When you take all those big words away, you are left with a very basic kind of option to explain the product. So that's another example. I always thought of products. When we created a gas detector, when we created a device to read driver fatigue, if I talk about it in a professional lingo kind of way, you won't understand the word. I have to capture your attention and build the depth of it gradually. Because if I don't do that, I'll lose you at point one. Totally. So with the quantum computing example, was there an easy way of explaining to someone who had no background in what it was, in contrast to our current systems of computing that are based on a binary system of on or off, in the case of quantum computing, it's what? Right. So you just said binary system. I kind of try and break any tough notion into a very simple one. So what's binary? It means that uh, when we use computers today, it's built on the, on the premise of a switch that goes on or off, right? One or zero, off one. Quantum computing has a, a few phases, not just one and two, and that opens up a whole new option of language that can be built. That's the basics, okay? From that, if you're with me, great, let's go on. If not, okay, let's stop and understand that. That's it. And it's still not as clear, I mean, you don't understand the depth of it still, but you start understanding what the difference is. It's the simplicity that gets you asking, okay, tell me more. I want to hear more. I understand this. Okay. And when you do that step-by-step, step, things become clear. I also find that it's an incremental process. So one of the tools that I use most often when I'm faced with researchers or entrepreneurs that are talking about something very complex, as you suggested, okay, so if binary is either on or off, then here we're talking about additional phases, not just two more of them. Analogies or metaphors, I find, are scientists' best friends to say, okay, what is it like? What's a reference to something that the general public or the specific audience that they're speaking to, who is not from their academic discipline, is familiar with, right? So since we've got ways, anybody who's talking about navigating from any point A to any point B says, we're going to be the ways of the world of something. 
Do you find that you use analogies or metaphors that the clients that you work with use that kind of strategy in order to quickly explain the mechanism by which they operate? To a point, yeah, to a point. But there does come some point that you need to be able to say, okay, that's where it stops being uh, similar to Uber or whatever. And we are different by this and that. By the way, the FDA works the same. With the FDA, you have a few options to get approved. One of the tracks, you base your claim on a existing device and you say, I'm doing this, but changing and improving that. And the FDA says, okay, that's nice. That's a much shorter path. You can go through that. Okay, great. Same thing in CE. So building on an existing mechanism and saying, okay, we're basing ourselves on that but here's how we're changing it or here's how we're using it for this application or here's how we're improving Mm -hmm. on it. Yeah, look at the quantum computing uh, example that we just said. We all understand what a computer is. Quantum computer can't do more because it has more processing abilities and we do that by having a few phases of electricity and not just one. That's it. That's the basics. Cool. Can you think of a particularly big communication challenge that you've ever faced and that you've had to overcome? I guess I have many. Any preparation of an entrepreneur for funding or to get funding, doesn't matter if it's from a university or from a private investor, is very tough because you need, on one hand, to understand what the other side is looking for, the investor or grant giver. And from the entrepreneurial side, you want them to convey everything that they can in the best way that they can. So with every startup, there are different things to tackle, things that you need to kind of uh, stand out. Yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge. Thinking and start is it something out. that over time you're finding becomes more easy because then you have more strategies at your disposal? I know today to tell you that there's a list of things that a startup needs to do. It's not magic, right? But there is the basics that you have to go through. When you go through that, doors start to open. Which takes me back to the sentence of yours that I began with, doing something right. There is one right way of doing things in entrepreneurship. There's a right way to prepare a startup for meeting investors, even though different investors and different stakeholders are different. You find that there are certain basic truths that time and time again, even though there are all kinds of specificities per case, there are certain aspects and certain characteristics that do hold true across the scenarios. There are basic fundamentals you have to have in a startup. It doesn't promise that you will get funding or even a client. It's the fundamental that has to be in a startup. And I'm taking out the outliers that you hear about in the media where they say they didn't have a business model and they succeeded because those are, as I said, outliers. The media likes outliers. The media lives on the clicks that we click on to see the outliers. So let's put that aside. You take the general part of it, the mainstream of it. You can see a startup needs a strong team that knows how to execute, that knows how to take and tackle anything that they have in any weather. They need a solid business model. They need a team that complements each other. Meaning if there's a CTO, then there must be also someone on the business side and someone to pull all this together. Without that, you see startups with 
three tech people and they have no plan of taking this to market. Okay, so no, that's not going to work. I just talked to a startup that makes AI logos and they have a big Israeli competitor and they're the problem and they have worked a lot on the product. When you look at it back, that could be avoided and a lot of money could have been put into other areas and then the startup would be in a much better place. You have the team, you have the strategy side, you have the business model side, you have the value proposition side to the market and to the investor. That's like from top of mind, but there's more. And that's right to any startup. And also, by the way, the big difference between a startup and a regular business is that a startup has a very, it can be long or short, but it has a phase of R&D in the beginning where we make a new product and approach a new market that maybe doesn't even exist yet. So that's the main difference between a startup and not. But when you go through that phase, it's a business like any other business that needs all the foundations. For sure. And I bet you use all different types of communication at different points. And over the last two years, maybe we've been forced into a lot more remote as a main means of communication. But if you have the choice, What's your first choice of a type of communication? What's your favorite? I think that my favorite one is talking to someone much smarter than me face-to-face and just learning things like that or discussing things like that face-to-face without limit on the length of the talk. (laughs) What a privilege that is when we get to do that, right? Yeah. What a joy. Yeah, we always learn so much when we have conversations with. So Nadav, maybe just in conclusion, could you leave us with your favorite tip for effective communication in the business circles that you hang out in, in entrepreneurship? What is a great tip that you've ever received that you live by if you mentor younger, less experienced entrepreneurs at the beginning of their path? What do you recommend to them? I'm going to go for two on this. One is shut the F up, meaning the silence has much more significance than people give it. And sometimes silence gives you so much more information than just talking, talking, yapping. There was a video that I saw with this lawyer and they say that on the video and they give an example how it helps their clients. Silence is underestimated. That's the first one. And second one is being precise and choosing your words. Thinking of like in strategic positions, choose what you say, because you can't take what you say back, but what you didn't say yet also connects to the last thing that I said. What you didn't say, you can build on that. But what you already said, you need to patch up after that. Amazing. Thank you so much for this, Nadav. I cannot wait to meet you in person. And I want to wish you a great, healthy day, meanwhile. Thank you very much, Daphne. It was a pleasure. Thank you. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for being here with us on Let's Clarify It. I hope you found it helpful. If there are specific topics you'd love to hear covered or you'd like help clarifying your own message, I'd be delighted to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to me on letsclarify.it. In the meantime, be sure to take good care and clarify your messages to amplify your impact.